0: Chapter Two. Locksley worked early, just before five. He did not need much sleep, especially when working. He had gone to bed after the world tonight and dozed off during book at bedtime. A Charlotte Mendelssohn about a boarding school. A Hungarian girl called Marina was struggling bravely to succeed in the sixth form. She had come from a state school, never boarded before, and felt like a fish out of water. Loxley wondered if Niku was in a similar position. Although she had been at Abbey much longer and was not new to boarding, but she was not settled at all. With her father overseas and her mother living locally, he had many questions. Was it a question of status or convenience? Why would a mother do such a thing? In the book, Marina's mother had been driven almost to suicide by the absence of her teenage daughter. Wasn't that a more human reaction? He jumped out of bed and started making notes in his office. Not on a computer, of course. He had no internet, either. It was a personal choice not to have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone, but recent leaks here and in America had pushed him to start making notes in a pocket journal that he kept on his person. It had never let him down. It could be hidden anywhere for later collection, or destroyed in seconds. Should he feel the need, he could still remember some simple codes using older methods. He was meeting Niku's mother, Shirin, tomorrow. There was the other matter of the gun found in Sam's shed, concealed as though it could be required at any second. He had not seen Sam since then, and could not mention it anyway. It was not a gun Loxley had seen before, but he knew it was Russian, and it could easily have come from Iran with Hayek. It was fully loaded, but he was certain it had never been fired locally. The shot would have rung out across the county and all the way back again. It was such a quiet place. The scandal would have reached the local news, A victim would have elevated it to the national news. So the intended purpose of the gun was for some event in the future, or perhaps purely for insurance. He had to tell Spanton, but he had not decided on the timing. Not before he had met Shirin Hayek. That meeting could shed some light on the purpose of the gun. Loxley showered, shaved and shat and then dressed all before six o'clock, over an hour before his car would arrive. That settled another matter that had been bothering him. No more cars, no more commuting. He was going to move into the school this very day, a privilege that had already been bestowed on Miss Leclerc. Was she really a miss? He grabbed his holdall and stuffed in enough items to last a week. First came pens and so on, then underclothes, then shirts from Charles Tirrett, and then some trousers from Marks and Spencer. Never spend money on trousers in the English climate was one of his father's only sensible tips. Equipped for a week undercover, he threw in a packet of chalk. There was none in the cupboard at school. He wolfed down a bowl of cereal while listening to ten minutes of today. After that, he could bid the silent, lonely old country cottage riddance. But certainly not good riddance. Loxley's usual driver raised an eyebrow at his luggage. They had not required the boot on any previous journey. Going on a trip, sir? Yes. Not sure how long I'll be away. You'll going to be missed... Just let the office know when you want picking up again. Maybe he knew this was more like goodbye for good. Loxley did not intend to return to this house and had decided to tell his office to cancel the lease. He had initially enjoyed the calm tranquility of the place, but a few days had been quite enough of that. A couple of strolls in the autumn had satisfied his curiosity about the local countryside. After they arrived at school, Loxley skipped his tea with Maria and went looking for Sam. He had no intention of mentioning the gun, but he did need to check on him and pry discreetly. Loxley found Sam easily today. He almost wished he had found him so easily yesterday, saving him the finding of the handgun and therefore this difficult conversation. The difficulty arose because he trusted Sam, or at least a bit more than anyone else here. Even Maria could be working for the French MI6, known as DGSE, the E stood for exterior, or indeed exterior. She would only have to say DGSE with her accent, something along the lines of DGSE for him to tell all. Loxley concentrated on the job in hand. He had found Sam in the first shed, not down the steps near the bag with the gun in it, to his small relief. Had it been a shotgun, the effect would have been completely different. Shooting game around and about was a popular sport, especially among Abbey parents. But a handgun had no sporting purpose. It was a pure killing machine. So the clear question on Loxley's mind was, who was Sam going to kill and why? Morning, Sam. Sam sort of nodded, sort of shrugged. He was a man of fewer words even than Loxley. I'm meeting Shirin first thing tomorrow. This comment brought a smile to Sam's face, but he still looked a little vacant, preoccupied. Oh, you will enjoy that, he said. She's harder work than young Niku. How so? Well, why is she coming in? Has Niku been working hard enough? Uh, not bad, but she could be so much better. I wanted to find out if there was more we could do to help. You know, she could be a top student. Sam nodded his agreement. Well, what are your tips for the mother? Have some kind of script. She's argumentative. Don't rise to any of that. Do a lot of listening. I'm sure you'll be fine. You haven't heard from the father at all? Sam gave himself away immediately. He turned and walked over to some of the grow bags. Not for a bit, no. I'd like to meet him too, if he ever visits. Well, I'll let you know if he flies over then. I wonder if I should be planting up these seeds yet. It's a bit early, but with March being so cold these days... Oh, good idea, Sam. I'll see you later. If Sam knew Hayek's travel plans, then Loxley would have to get closer still. That information was going to be critical. Loxley taught Niku's class right before lunch. He picked up on the change immediately he saw her. Today it was her turn to look withdrawn and tired, and she slumped into her chair without chatting to anyone. Loxley's gaze lingered just a little longer on her before continuing to assess the rest of the class. After the lesson, Loxley made up a reason to have her stay behind for a few minutes. How are you finding modern Britain, he asked her. She shrugged in reply, not offering any words. It takes a while to get the context, but it's going to get interesting, I promise you. I wondered if you were feeling okay. I know it's a new term and all all that can be a bit depressing. She looked at him for a second or two before saying, I'm fine, thank you. Can I go? He nodded and let her leave. There was nothing obvious, and nothing beyond the usual ups and downs everyone goes through, not only school pupils. He was always conscious of paying her too much attention, and realised that must be a risk for any teacher. But it was a very particular risk for him, as he had so much more to hide. Just his luck that she was one of the most striking girls in the entire school, another reason to meticulously avoid any accusation of favouritism. He breathed deeply, and decided to take himself off for another one of his walks. It struck Locksley just how little time there was for teaching, for actually making contact with the children. They were not really children now, of course. Being in the sixth form, they were all 16, or even 17, thinking they were 25, but they were far from adults. Even just that volume of kids in the same place, for extended periods of time, not just during the day, but overnight as well, would tend to make people behave more foolishly than they would individually. Loxley had few legitimate opportunities to see Niku, so the forthcoming visit from her mother was important. Loxley had been granted a pleasant corner apartment on the first floor of the school, overlooking the ceremonial entrance with a view out across the lake and the drive. It was here where he ate a quick sandwich, his mind thinking ahead to the visit from Shirin Hayek. He realised he would have plenty of time to gaze wistfully out of the window, towards London, the supposed target of whatever was hatching under this very roof. That was the biggest struggle for him, even now. The notion that there was something so profound going on, always just out of reach, just beyond earshot. He felt himself constantly straining to hear something extra, something more, and he feared that this strain would get to him now that he was living at work. Here on home soil, he felt more alone than on any previous assignment. Nobody to talk to, nobody to trust, but everyone everywhere speaking his language and understanding everything about him. How he longed for Moscow or Riyadh, Singapore or even Tokyo with its unfathomable everything. There was a camaraderie expat community in such places, a tradition of spying and double-dealing going back a century at least. But here was home and he had never felt so far from anywhere before. Perhaps it was time for a nightcap in the town. Once he had discounted any possible student bars, there was not much left, but he knew now where to hide.